Okay. All right. Welcome, Crown Council members. This is Stuart Anderson. I'm joined with Dr. Guy Gross. Uh, he's part of our little mini mentorship webinars that we're doing. Um, I've asked I've asked Dr. Gross to be with us to share some of his philosophies and standards in his practice at New Horizons Dental. And uh, I'm I'm grateful to have Dr. Gross with me. I've known him for man for years. Uh, goes way back. <laughs> Uh, we shared some really great experiences together recently on a humanitarian trip that I cherish uh, with he and his family. So I look up to Guy a lot, and I think that uh, what he can share with us today from a mentorship standpoint uh, will be very applicable for anyone uh, looking for associates or multiple practices or or just working with other doctors in the practice. So uh, thanks, Guy, for joining us. First, you got to show the t-shirt, man. Oh, yeah, the t-shirt. It's uh, it's my uh, lifetime qualified member T-shirt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> most most of my Crown Council T-shirts are you know like my favorite clothes to wear. So you know, when I'm on my uh, when I'm on my COVIDcation, you know, I have a chance to wear them a lot. So you know, nice. probably my kids are like, "Do you have anything else?" No. Nope. So anyway, yeah, no, nope, this is it. It's something with an eagle on it. It's got to be that pretty much every day. Keep her moving forward. <laughs> it's uh it, it's actually a good thing to reference it is april 16th 2020 so we are in the middle of kind of covid uh in the heart of covid here uh and um that's kind of what sprung this idea is um maybe you could start guy with telling us you know what you are doing with your team now um what's kind of guiding you and how you're interacting with them yeah well you know it's i, I think that you know, it, over the years, I've always really worked to copy the genius and mo a lot of my best ideas and things that I've assimilated have come through Crown Council and the speakers, the mentors on the Mentors of the Month, the podcasts, um, and books I read and things like that. And, and so, you know, I, I years ago, we decided that communication was our number one core value uh, in our company. And, and so, that communication has been the biggest thing that we really focused on during this period of time, you know, because I find that in the middle of all of it, there's lots of uh, unknowns, a lot of anxiety that comes from that, a lot of uncertainty and, and concerns. And so, you know, with our organization wide, we're having a weekly team meeting on uh, zoom where we get everybody together, give updates on, you know, where, where we're at with everything from the, the government things that are coming down, the timelines, what we're hearing, what, what we're doing for safety, what we're doing to see patients. And, you know, and it's been a moving target every week. So communication has been a big part of that. And uh, in the middle of that, you know, I decided with the doctors, like, look, we can, we can rally and, and take control of what we can control, or we can sit here and, you know, worry and fret and, you know, kind of basically be passive to what's happening around us. And, and what, what I ultimately did is I, I fast-tracked a leadership program that I had been working on um, to where, you know, we spent about 10 two-hour sessions on leadership topics, um, you know, everything from basically the process of leading yourself uh, and, and getting clear on where you are as a leader and, and then on through, you know, seeking out, um, you know, the the brilliance of mentors and great books that have been written and we did some homework together and then we'd work on it together. 
we worked through that process to ultimately arrive at a, um, at a conclusion. And, and, uh, you know, what came of it was a group of doctors that I saw really, um, learning and evolving together, you know, so that was, that was a lot of fun. And, and now since the, the time that we're going to be down from the practice, uh, I just saw that, you know, at least in our state, things are extended until, gosh, what is it, May 3rd, May 4th, I think, you know, so that's how long we're going to be down for sure at this point. And I'm, you know, quite frankly, I guess longer, but we're, we're going to work into clinical topics, um, a lot of training around um, all the different things that we, you know, that our doctors have put forth that we want to learn everything from complex restorative to simple restorative pediatric work. Um, we're doing a bunch of stuff on Invisalign and ortho, um, some implants and implant restorative things. So we've got a lot of topics we're going to hit and ultimately trying to come out ahead where we're all better prepared as leaders and better prepared as clinicians when we get back to work. Nice. And, and how is that different from, can you walk us through the, the normal calendar plan of, how you train and organize your, your team members uh, just on a regular basis outside of COVID-19? Yeah. So our, our focus is, you know, the, from the very first day that people come into our organization, we start onboarding them into our culture. And a big part of that is centered around, you know, teaching them, you know, our mission and vision, you know, the reason why we exist, the ways that we use our company to serve others. Um, we teach our culture guide. Um, we, we teach around living examples of, of people living out the culture guide. We spend a lot of time talking about, you know, really a great team and a great team member is someone who serves their teammates first and serves patients second. And we spend a lot of time really, digging into what that means and how that manifests and, and all of that. So every single team member is onboarded in the way of culture first. Mm. And then, you know, all, all of those team members additionally go through what we call like our new patient relationship workshop, where we train on the, you know, the way that we go through the process of everything from, you know, the initial phone calls and um, all the way through the clinical process of you know diagnosis treatment planning and it's really a we have a patient-based program I, I use honestly like I, I love the things that Steve Anderson teaches in his tops programs and um, he does an amazing job of teaching the verbal skills and so you know we I've worked with Steve and tops you know for years and and then you know it gradually morphed it into where we have our own program that's really around also adding in actual patients into the treatment planning to where we can, we can dig into um, like a uh, skills practice on every skill that we want to teach. And, and even then with actual patient scenarios, looking at radiographs, looking at photos, diagnosing a case, working up the case, presenting treatment, um, you know, getting, getting case acceptance and, um, ultimately scheduling those patients. So we have a process that we take people through with that. Um, and then, you know, so it keeps with the team members, you know, most of all of our team members have ended up going through that course a few times. Um, and then our doctors, you know, they have access to, we, we take them through 
like efficient restorative case work, you know, the way to do efficient, even class two posterior composites, crowns, endo, um, we, so that they can get training not only on a lot of the, what we think are the most efficient, effective ways to do all those treatments, um, but get hands-on practice with all of that. And then as they're ready, they go into complex case planning, dental implants. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one training on surgery. So my niche really in the training world has been uh, dental implants. And so they come to my courses that I'm teaching on dental implants, usually two day courses. And then they'll come work with me uh, directly, you know, watch me work. And then I'll, then as they're ready, they do the work and I watch and, and eventually, you know, they're on their own. And that, that goes everything from a simple single implant placement to sinus lifts to you name it. So, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a like something that you can do really fast, but in a matter of a year, you know, I've had, I've had doctors join, join forces with us that, that are like, they've done AEGD and GPR residencies and things like that. And they're going, they're like in their, in the first three months with you, I learned more than I did in a whole year at the residency. So, you know, that makes me feel good knowing that we're doing something right, I guess. Yeah. So that makes it fun. And, and I, I don't know, you know, other than Steve Anderson and, you know, the way that we're doing things, I don't know of a lot of other great ways to really learn the verbal skills, which I don't think that, um, you know, you could even overstate how powerful and impactful that kind of stuff is to being able to um, really be an effective dentist and a dental team and to have a team that, that rallies around those concepts is huge. You can't do it all just by being the dentist that's just created everything. You got to have a team around you. And so I'm, I'm wholeheartedly bought into team concepts and uh, that's what we teach. Well, and just to give some, uh, some reference guy, uh, talk about how many people you are talking about uh, that are part of your team. This isn't just a couple of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we're, you know, I, on the, on the scope of dental groups, you know, we're not necessarily enormous or anything, but we have um, 16 doctors that, that are, you know, they've been on our calls each week that a couple of times a week that we've been doing, you know, our, our training. We have, I believe our, you know, our team member numbers are around a hundred and 110, maybe something like that. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, we, we're not huge. We cover, uh, practices in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. Um, and, uh, so we're, we're growing, we're doing, we're doing things in the, in the best way we know how, and we're doing the best we can to, to learn from others and, and make sure that we're, we're trying to do it right, you know, and, um, most of the doctors that work with me, uh, and I find this to be the case for associates in general. And Stuart, you mentioned, you know, hiring associates and kind of the the way to think about that. But what I find is that most of the young doctors, especially as we work with docs who are coming out of dental school fairly recently out of dental school, maybe haven't had a mentor yet, that they, you know, they really want some active mentorship, and so there's lots of associateships that are entered into where it's like, Hey, you know, you know, just come ask me questions when you have questions and I'll be here if I'm not golfing or whatever, you know, and, and it's, and it's one of those things where people leave it to chance. And so by chance it doesn't really happen very well. 
And what we've discovered is that it, it needs to be just like anything else. It's got to be a system. It's got to be a design, something that you plan for that's in your, even if you're hiring an associate and you say, Hey, I want to just get to get, you know, let's plan on every Tuesday, we're going to spend one hour and we're going to cover these three topics or we're going to, you know, that would be way better than leaving it to chance. Um, and, and all of that, you know, and, and then have a, you know, a set agenda for what you're going to learn and grow into because there, there's so much and um, it needs, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, you know, you don't unfortunately come out of dental school really ready to go kill it. And I find that, um, you know, even doctors that have been practicing a long time, they, if they weren't really mentored, they don't, they haven't really seen the top end of the spectrum, what it can become. They maybe have developed some habits that could be improved upon and um, would allow them to, you know, attain new levels that they never even thought were possible. Um, I know that Stuart, you probably see that all the time with doctors in the crown council. Um, but I, I know that that is, that is absolutely the case. Um, some, some extra intentional design to your planning will make a tremendous difference to the trajectory of your career. Definitely. And, and guy, if you were to give advice, like let's say you were going to give advice to someone looking to hire an associate or uh, an associate looking to be hired, you know, you've had an incredible amount of um, experience with that. Any top, any top three things that, uh, you know, associates should be doing or doctors should be looking for in associates that, that you see kind of, works or doesn't work yeah well okay so i'll start with the the doctors looking to be hired you know here's the i have four things that i speak about to the docs that are interested in working with us and you know i say look if you have these four traits everything else is figure outable we'll get there mm. we'll we'll make it work and you'll have a great career and and the first one is be willing to do the hard work you know so there is, in some ways I see this notion that, you know, it's like, okay, I got done with dental school and now I can kind of coast and I start getting a paycheck and it's, you know, I'm going to be rich pretty quick here, you know, and it's like, uh, not really how it works. In fact, you know, you may have some harder work than you can imagine until you get good at all this stuff because it's going to feel hard before it gets easier. And, and if you're pushing yourself, it never really gets easier. You just get better. So it seems easier. Um, the, uh, it just takes less brain power to be great at what you're doing as you're not having to grind the gears so much thinking about it all the time down the road, but work hard, be willing to work hard. Don't just assume that, you know, I'm going to only work three or four days a week and then I'm going to take those other days off and, and I'm not going to do anything. I mean, you, you got to think that those, if you are not working clinically five days a week or six, then the days that you're not working, you really should be investing in yourself somehow and not just sitting, you know, on a, on a lawn chair or whatever in your, on your couch. Uh, so work hard. Number one. Second thing is treating people with respect. Um, you know, it, and, and this isn't a huge deal a lot of times, but when it is a deal, it really matters and it breaks the deal hard is if, if somebody comes in thinking that they're better than everyone else, um, they treat their team members like they're just straight up subordinates and 
you know, they just aren't, don't have that healthy respect for patients to say that, you know, I'm willing to go above and beyond and serve and, and all of that, that that's, that's a deal breaker in a big way that the third, so treating people with respect, hard work. And then the third thing is um, being coachable, you know, being a lifelong learner. So being willing to accept feedback, even if it isn't really what you want to hear, even if, you know, it isn't somebody telling you that you're the greatest, you know, gift to dentistry, you know, just understand that, Hey, it's a learning process. And that if somebody loves you enough to give you feedback and coach you, then you've been blessed. And, and that's a good thing, you know, and um, you get to choose what to do with that information, but be coachable. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth thing is to think like the owner of the business, you know, you may not own the practice, at least not yet, but you should think like you do. So make decisions around it that are healthy for the business you know, it's the three P's I teach that are, you know, it's the people, which are the team members, it's the patients, which are obviously who we serve. Uh, and then it's the practice itself, which is the business of, of the dental business. So you have to serve all three of those things if you're really going to do it. And a lot of times um, decisions are made that are self-serving when they really need to be bigger picture decisions around treating the team members, the patients and the practice better. And, you know, we don't, you know, we don't, you know, on the cheapest insurance plan do, you know, do like, uh, you know, go ahead and send the case off to the highest end lab. You know, that wouldn't be a healthy business decision. That, that's just an example. You know, um, you, you certainly wouldn't give away your work if you were responsible for paying the uh, electrical bill, <laughs> stuff like that. So, Anyway, there's things that um, all matter in terms of understanding how it all works together. But for me, those are the, the top four for a young doctor. For the dentists themselves, um, you know, you can't hire an associate. I, I should say for the hiring doctor, you can't hire an associate and just think that, okay, now I can go play golf every day. It, it's going to actually take some investment and some work. And you got to understand that in some ways you may be investing and it, you know, it's going to seem harder at first. You're going to seem like you're working harder than ever, spending more time than ever. You're going to be answering questions. Um, you're also going to find that um, there's, there's sometimes going to be problems that you have to solve that are new because, well, you've got a young doc that doesn't know as much as it doesn't have as much experience right now. And they just need to be coached and given time to learn just like you did when you were young. Um, you know, it's, so it's not a fast track to the golf course. It's an, it's a thing that you've got to invest in and, and make, make the outcomes what you want them to be rather than just expecting that, you know, it's automatically going to make your life easier. The other big thing, you know, I mentioned earlier communication and intentional design of how you're going to mentor and train and teach, but, you know, don't cherry pick, you know, the cases I've seen so many associateships fail where the, the hiring doctor brought somebody in and then, and then they're like, they really didn't have enough work to do for two doctors. But mm-hmm. and so they kind of feel like they're losing money if the young doctor is doing a bunch of crowns. And so they start taking those cases themselves. And, you know, next thing they know, their associate is a glorified hygienist who rapidly becomes very unhappy and is ready to get the heck out of there as soon as possible. You know, if you will invest in them, help them do those cases better help them learn, help them grow, you know, and come at it from an abundance mentality that there is enough to go around. And it's a good thing for 
for them to do lots of work. If you do it that way, I think you'll find that, um, you know, it is, it is long-term healthier and that's a way to invest in the practice itself by investing in this new person rather than thinking that, you know, you're going to run out of work to do or something like that, you know, and preemptively, the hiring doc can certainly do a bunch of work to really ramp up the practice. I mean, you almost got to think I'm going to have to work harder than ever to bring in a bunch of new patients, get the practice really like maxed out to where I cannot handle anymore. And then bring that associate in because you, if you really don't quite have enough work for even one and a half or two doctors and you hire that additional doctor, you, you might have a tendency to, to jump into that scarcity mentality and that that's not healthy. Got it. Is there, is a, we only have a, a couple minutes left, but is there any uh, relationship? I don't want to focus on the negative stuff, but is there anything that you see that usually brings that associate uh, fail? I mean, stuff, stuff that they can be aware of that, that maybe doesn't work out or, or fail, you know, I'm not saying failures, but uh, things that, that you've watched that, that makes, that makes those relationships just not work. Yeah. I think that, um, if you stick with the fundamentals of really communicating well, um, when people are left, you know, kind of in the dark where they don't feel like they know really what's going on, where you stand, what you're aiming for, you know, if you're not clear on what you need out of them and the practice and, and being, really honest about that then what happens is people start to you know kind of make up stories on their own and they fill in the blanks and sometimes that's not a very healthy good story you know and so if the associates sitting there thinking well you know this doc said they were going to retire and I could buy the practice and now they're like you know they won't go away and you haven't addressed that well you you know, you're going to lose that person. Most likely if you said you were going to help them do a bunch of work and meet with them, you know, help mentor them. And then, but you haven't really invested in that and scheduled it. Then they sit there and think, well, okay, this has sort of been a bait and switch kind of deal. So it really is about communication and consistency and executing that plan so that, you know, you always have a forum for, for them to be able to say, Hey, you know, let's talk about this or, you know, tell me where you're at, what you're concerned about, how I can help, how I can serve you, you know, what, what challenges are you having? And, you know, essentially think of it like a SWOT process, you know, going through what's working, what's not working, where the opportunities are, what's standing in the way and having that conversation on a regular basis so that you don't have, you know, a doctor, whether it's the hiring doctor or the young doctor sitting there kind of making up their own story about what's happening. Cause a lot of times that's an unhealthy story. Yeah. Very cool guy. I love this list. The hard work, treating people with respect, being coachable and thinking like the owner. And I love that people, patience, and then the practice. Dude, that is some good advice. Excellent. You are mentorship quality, my friend. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, um, so I'm going to wrap up. I want to keep these kind of shorter uh, so you can uh, we can watch, we can watch them fast, but I know there's so much more here. Maybe we can expand this into a full, uh, mentor of the month, you know, interview and recording. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. So I'd be happy to. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate your help. I don't know what you're going off to do now, but, uh, <laughs> good. I'm off. Lots, good. lots I'm more off. to do here today. <laughs> Go vacation. I'm going to use that from now on. Nice. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Thanks, right, sir.